Part 2 The Nation The Ranforexian War Day 2 Battle of the Null Sphere From high above cloudy folds of mountain, the Null Sphere seemed like a giant pearl. My pearl, Yalmoth whispered to himself. He stared down from the prow of the war caravel. Wind buffeted him. My glorious creation. The Null Sphere was not truly Yalmoth's creation. It was Glaceon's. But Glaceon and all his creations now belonged to Yalmoth. The Lord of Phyrexia had climbed through the man's mind and knew everything. He understood the true and terrible power of the Null Sphere. Glaceon could have used it to take control of the Empire. But for his virtue, Yalmoth had no such impediment. He reached out his hand, imagining the Null Sphere in his grasp. It was a vast metallic orb larger than Halcyon itself. The lower half of the sphere rested within a deep impact crater. Its contour perfectly matched the rocky bowl beneath it. Huge pylons anchored the orb in the crater. The upper half of the sphere formed a gleaming dome of steel among tumbling clouds. No solid globe. The Null Sphere was a shell of causeways and grids around a gigantic emptiness. For all its vastness, the structure was very light. For all its lightness, the structure was very strong. Such was the wonder of Glaceon's design. The real wonder, though, was the purpose of this parabolic metal. The upper hemisphere of the device was a gigantic dish aimed down into the rock. It gathered and focused the massive energies of the mountain. The lower hemisphere was a dish aimed skyward to harness the quintessential energies of the heavens. The orb was also infinitely divisible into vertical dishes, allowing it to pinpoint every second and dwarf second of arc throughout the continent. In this way, the null sphere was an enormous antenna, drawing power from the land and channeling it to monitor and control every artifact creature in the Thran Empire. Only Yalmoth's army was beyond its reach, thanks to Glaceon's secret knowledge. Yalmoth motioned over his shoulder, summoning one of his officers. A Phyrexian commander arrived. Her flesh was as gray and sinewy as steel cables. She wore an armored vest, chitinous leggings, and dagger-tipped boots. The horns that jutted up along her jaw formed a set of external fangs in a perpetual grin. Yalmoth pointed over the rail, toward the main road through the mountains. The sphere's garrison is stationed there, beneath the rocky shelf. Fifty wars, enough to hold that bottleneck against a large conventional assault. We'll end on the staging grounds this side of the bottleneck. I expect you and your strike force to eat through the Thran soldiers in a matter of moments. Yes, Great Lord Yamoth, she answered, bowing her head. Not a single Thran soldier is to reach the sphere. I want only artificers within. You may join the team in the sphere only after every Thran soldier is dead. Yes, Great Lord. With a wave of his hand, Yamoth summoned the Halcyte commander. The man approached, gleaming in silver power armor. Yalmoth's eyes remained trained on the sphere. Once the artificers are secured, usher them, alive, to the control core. Keep them hostage there until I come. Yes, my lord, the Halcyte commander barked. I myself will lead the implosion device team. Prepare your squad. At last, Yalmoth looked away from the sphere. He turned his lightless eyes on the crew. Battle stations, everyone. The Halcyte and Phyrexian commanders gave a final bow before departing to their troops. Yalmoth, meanwhile, strode across the deck to the repelling gear. His team awaited. Some were gray-fleshed Phyrexians, some silver-garbed Halcytes. All were powerful climbers, intent and deadly. Atop their climbing harnesses, they strapped belts from which they dangled large power stones and implosion devices. Yalmoth fastened harness and belt in place. From a hatch by the gunwale, he retrieved a bundled mechanism. It was a stone charger, an experimental and powerful explosive device. Cradling it with maternal gentility, he gazed over the rail. The Nullsphere was enormous now. It filled the world below. The war caravel executed a long arc, curving downward, 
The ship's shadow seemed small on the endless gridwork. The ship banked. Its dive deepened. The ground soared up. Yelmoth gripped the rail and watched avidly. Steel grid slid away. The long horizon of the sphere fell to stern, crossing the crater's ragged lip. The ship soared out of the long garrison road, narrowed between stone outcrops. Beyond lay a staging ground and cliff wall. The garrison crouched there. Carved from living rock and fortified by rubble walls, the outpost was imposing. The rain soldiers along the garrison wall sounded an alert. They withdrew behind thick ramparts of stone. To either side of the staging ground, a pair of antiquated bombards pivoted in their embrasures. Target those bombards, Yelmoth shouted. Fire! Twin beams of red radiation surged out from the ray cannons of the war caravel. They soared across the staging ground. Air boiled in their wake. One bolt smashed up into the right bombard. Gunner's flesh melted from their bones. Rocks sloughed. The bombard liquefied like a candle. The stones it had been firing shot outward in a hail of lava. Fires woke on anything that would burn. The other ray cannon bolt went wide. It crashed like a battering ram against the wall of the garrison. The rampart shuddered in cave. A brittle sound came. Crackling glass. And the smell of lightning. Stones shattered into white hot sand and sloughed away. The cave space beyond was dark. Eyes glared out in terror. A cheer rose from the war caravel, though Yawmoth did not join it. One bombard remained. It gave a whistling sound, a thousand rocks shrieking up its barrel, and barked. A storm of stone belched outward, followed by white smoke. Antiquated, yes, but deadly all the same. The ship wheeled. It was no good. Ray cannons fired at the vaulting stone. It was no good. Rocks smashed the hull of the war caravel. The ship bounded and listed, as if staved by a whale. Gunwales a foot thick blasted open. Stone raked across the engine. Steam hissed. A violent whine came from countless cracks in the fuselage. The caravel lurched, plummeting. It struggled to stay aloft. The scream of the engine told what was to come. There were only moments. Gunners, blast that bombard! Yamas shouted. Rappling crews, to the lifeboats! The rest of you, abandon ship! The Phyrexian commander and her guards leaped as if they were spiders over the sagging rail. The ship's keel smacked ground as they sprinted for cover. Swiftly, they scuttled across the staging ground, heading toward the breached wall and the Thran soldiers holed up within. The house-side commander and his troops dropped from the listing hole. They turned their backs on the garrison, rushing instead for the null sphere. Yalmoth, meanwhile, loaded his team up in a pair of aero lifeboats on the high side of the keeling ship. In moments, the craft were full. Ten crew in each. Yalmoth stood at the prow of the first boat. He had gingerly placed the stone charger within the hold. Once it was secured, he was anything but gingered. He hacked through the bowline. The lifeboat's engine purred to life. It noised away from the caravel. Its companionship followed. A swarm of stone tore in the air over their heads. Yalmoth hissed, glaring at the bombard as though his ire could destroy it. A final blast jacked from the caravel's sideways ray cannon. It surged across the staging ground and smashed into the bombard. The gun erupted into fire and lava. It shattered. Gunners burned to nothing. The embrasure evaporated. The blast continued on, ripping a second hole in the garrison wall. Yama's voice joined the cheer of his troops. He glanced toward the ray cannon and smiled at the gunner. She began to wave back. The caravel's core went critical. The woman disappeared in a sunbright explosion that engulfed the whole ship. Coronas of flame leaped up from the inferno. They looped the rising lifeboats. Fiery arms reaching to snatch them from the sky. Full aloft, Yalmoth commanded, standing in the prow. With the shriek of overhot engines, the vessels launched out of the fireball. They dragged long fingers of flame and smoke as they vaulted from the garrison and stabbed out toward the sphere. 
Beautiful, Yalmoth murmured appreciatively. Most of the caravel had been consumed in the initial blast. Its fiery skeleton settled. Beyond it, the garrison boiled. Bodies poured out below. Beautiful. The initial attack shattered the main lamps. The garrison was plunged into darkness. As if to compensate, new windows and doors were blown through the wall. Daylight and firelight flooded in. Eight Thran soldiers were pulverized by shrapnel. The rest staggered into the weird glow and behold a horrific sight. A war caravel? A house-site war caravel? How could Yalmoth spare a caravel to make war on a remote artificer outpost? More fire surged from the caravel's guns. It pounded the garrison wall like hammers on a war drum. Soldiers stared a moment longer in loose-kneed disbelief. Rock shards whipped about them. Sand sifted down from the crackling ceiling. Even these assaults did not penetrate the soldiers' mallet. A Thran bombard barked. It vomited smoke. The white stuff formed a momentary curtain in the air before being torn away by angry wind. A crippled caravel appeared beyond. A vast hole had been punched in the ship's side. Feverish light came from its engines. The caravel listed sloppily. Thran soldiers roared in hope. Yes. Hope. Soldiers rushed to crossbow racks and snatched up the deadly things. Power stones embedded in the handles assisted with loading, aiming, and firing. One of those cores could pierce a tree. Scrambling to the breach in the wall, soldiers knelt trained bows, and fired. Shafts vaulted across the staging ground. They would have hailed down upon the deck of the war caravel had it not slipped that moment from the air and crashed to the ground. Quarrels were needless. These Phyrexians would fold up like paper. One bombard blast had destroyed them all. They were fleeing their ship. Thran soldiers laughed angrily. Not fleeing. These Phyrexians, they were advancing. Twenty-some dark shapes. They seemed like giant spiders. So quick. So craven. More quarrels bounded free. They soared past dodging Phyrexians. Damn, they were agile. What was on their shoulders? Armor? Spikes? Horns? What kind of helmets were those? They seemed almost made of bone and skin. Not helmets. Heads. What were these monsters? Fire! Fire! The garrison commander shouted. His words broke through a new hesitation. Fire! Bolts tore across the staging ground. One struck a Phyrexian in the gut. The metal tore straight through him. The gray-muscled warrior did not fall. Did not even slow. He came on. They looked even more like giant spires as they approached. Inhuman skulls. Sagittal crest. Horns. Fangs. Cords of gray muscle. Yes. These were monsters. Not men. The Phyrexians breached the garrison's outposts. They did not fight with swords. They needed no weapons. They were the weapons. Claws. Teeth. Horns, stingers, poison sacks. Thran died like meat in a grinder. The bunker was slick with their dismembered bodies. There was no knowing what part belonged to whom. Phyrexians turned them into bits of flesh on the killing floor. They exulted in their work. It was clear in their ebullient laughter, in their fancy grins. Spider-like, Phyrexians slid on silken cores down around the null sphere. Yamoth and his repelling core had landed atop the vast orb. They spread from the pole outward their position separated by exactly 18 degrees of arc. Once the slope required it, they attached lines and rappelled down. In mere minutes, each had reached the equator of the sphere. Here they would complete their first task. Bracing his feet against a girder, Yalmoth reached to his belt where implosion devices and large power stones dangled. Cupping one of the gleaming crystals, he lifted it from his sheath and held it up before his face. The stone glowed with inner might. Its myriad faces were windows into perfect power. When Glaceon looks at these stones, he sees machines, Yamoth mused to himself. When Rebecca looks at them, 
she sees temples in the sky. When I look at them, I see a world made mine. With slow reverence, he pressed the stone against the massive girder where he stood. Enchanted crystal touched rusting steel and affixed itself. No mortal could have pulled it free. Not even Yalmoth. Not even a god. Moving in either direction along the sphere's equator, he set eight more stones. It was a simple thing to drop downward into the crater. He and his team would place their implosion devices on the support pylons before joining the others in the control room. As he slid down on a web-like cord, Yalmoth smiled appreciatively. From a distance, the null sphere seemed a pearl. Up close, it was more like his beloved Phyrexia. We demand to know what is happening, the lead artificer said, young and blonde. She was the only one with courage to speak. The rest cowered in the control core, half hiding themselves among crystal arrays, consoles, and speaking tubes. The Halcyte warriors who had brought them here had hurt none of them, yet. Neither had the artificers answered any of the questions put to them. Gradually, their leader had gone from compliance to defiance. She said, Yalmoth has no right! Yalmoth has every right! Interrupted a new voice. A towering man strode in past cascades of wire. His approach on the mile-long causeway had been utterly silent, as though he were a stalking wolf. He brought a chill presence to the chamber. Even those who did not know this man knew of him, knew who he must be. Yalmoth smiled humorously at them all. I have taken the Null Sphere. It is mine. Though she winced away from the infamous Phyrexian Lord, the lead artificer quickly rallied. Perhaps you have taken it, but you cannot hold it. The Empire will march an army here within the week. The Sphere will not be here within the week, Yalmoth said. A question formed on her lips but never emerged. A profound rumble came from below. Multiple explosions. The sound was amplified by the crater. Destructive force rattled through every beam and spar of the sphere. The woman's eyes stood beneath blonde brows. You're destroying it? You're destroying the sphere? No, Yalmoth said with a smile. I am taking it. His words were followed by the unmistakable rush of upward motion. The null sphere was lifted with slow magnificence from its crater. It was borne heavenward into the grip of a power stone equator. The orb was beautiful caught in the evening sunlight. It was a shame no one, neither Thran nor Phyrexian, had survived the garrison battle. Someone should have witnessed that moment. Someone should have seen the Null Sphere rise, a new moon over Dominaria.